0: content is king. So we talk about the two E's of content creation. That's entertainment and education. If you're not doing one of those things, you probably shouldn't be posting whatever it is, or you should just share it with your friends. Because if you actually want to build that personal brand, you need to entertain somebody or you need to teach them something. And preferably it's both. And those are the most successful people are the ones that are able to entertain as well as educate at the same time. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear.
1: It's a we It's a we It's a we It's a, it's a, it's a What is up Fit Farm Fam? Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast where we empower you to make a breakthrough and dispense your full potential. My name is Dr. Adam Martin and I'm your host for the podcast. I've been a practicing full-time community pharmacist since I graduated pharmacy school back in 2012. I'm also a professional speaker, author, and lover of living life to the fullest. The Fit Pharmacist community exists to serve you to dispense your full potential by learning from our world-class guests on how to practically apply simple solutions to not only elevate your pharmacy career, but nail your nutrition, master your mindset, and fit fitness into pharmacy through simple solutions to guide you to live a fulfilled life with passion and purpose. Thank you for being here. Now let's dive into this week's new episode. Do you even hashtag bro? That's all the buzz, not only in pharmacy, but in our culture overall. Social media is now the gold standard for business development personal branding, and even relationships. Who better to have on this week's podcast than a pharmacy student in the trenches leveraging his social prowess in the interwebs and beyond? Chris Cozzolino is a current P4 pharmacy student at the University of Iowa, as well as the co-founder of Uptown Creation, a digital marketing agency with an emphasis on Instagram and LinkedIn growth and consulting. Chris plans to attend law school directly after pharmacy school with an interest in pharmaceutical patent law and regulatory affairs. His passions are growing businesses and encouraging others to find a side hustle that they enjoy in order to diversify income while keeping their skills well-rounded and sharp. From the DMs to FaceTime, Chris, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and excited to dive into personal branding and much, much more.
1: I'm super pumped, man. And literally like in that intro, what I said is true. Like from the DMs to here we are now, that's literally how this podcast got started through social media on social media. Exactly. Seeing a lot of the awesome content that you're putting out that's really clicking and and doing very well on LinkedIn kind of grabbed my attention. And I think we've been following each other for a year or so. So uh, I'm really excited to uh, dive into your story and share all that you have learned and all that you're looking to do in in your career, man.
0: Definitely. And I'm excited to bring the value to the table.
1: Oh, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Get ready. Get ready. Plug in your phone. (laughs) All right. So the first thing I really want to ask, because one thing that I'm really, I guess you could say obsessed with or have a passion towards are people in pharmacy who are just about that life if you know what I mean. And what I mean by that is not just graduating or having a job. And if you want to do that, that's, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm fascinated about are pharmacists and pharmacy students, even like you who are not only going after, you know, mastering the pharmacy degree, but bringing the next level of value and really unleashing their passion to really serve others and just live a fulfilled life where they feel like this is my dream life. Like people ask me, what's your dream life look like? And if you're able to say like, what I have right now, that's winning. So that's really what I'm interested in is people like you. So I'm really excited to uh, start off with the first question of just sharing with us how you got into pharmacy, like why you chose pharmacy in the first place. But then along that path, when that divergence happened, where you started getting into social media, and then eventually developing your business and what you do today you could just kind of walk us through that.
0: Definitely. And I think that's a funny story just because I'm kind of an all or nothing person. And if you didn't have to be 21 years old to drive a truck, I would probably be doing that right now. Or I probably own my own fleet of trucks to be completely honest, but that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I hated my first semester of college just because I wanted to start making money. That was the biggest reason why. But as I got more into it, you know, I really started to love the sciences. I love science in high school and I just figured if I was going to get a degree, I would go for the hardest one that I could see. I got an undergrad degree in biochemistry, and I really loved just the way the body works, you know, and the way chemicals work with the body. So it was kind of, I loved working out when I was in high school. I moved away from that a little bit too much. I'm not going to flex right now. (laughs) But supplements were the first thing that I saw. And just like the lack of regulation around supplements was really intriguing to me, even when I was in high school. It was just kind of fascinating that there were these companies making money and just doing reformulations. So I wanted to learn kind of the science just so I could enhance working out and everything. And that passion kind of turned more into just really being interested in the way that chemicals affect the body, but also seeing that there's a huge business side on the other end of pharmacy. So it was just kind of that natural fit because I was really interested in how substances affect the body. Limitless is another big inspiration just because that concept of a magic pill that makes you smarter.
1: Just watched that movie like two weeks ago for like the eighth time.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's an awesome movie. But yeah, so I kind of got into pharmacy because of the business aspect of it. And so when I was an undergrad, what I thought I was going to just go into was, or not just go into, but go into was um, the industry side of pharmacy and, you know, try to work with a pharmaceutical company, become a medical science liaison, uh, become a regulatory affairs person and work with a pharmaceutical company. Because I thought that I'd be able to use, you know, my knowledge in marketing and all that and kind of intertwine the clinical aspects with, uh, those other business aspects that I have. The other thing that when I was an undergrad, I loved philosophy. Uh, philosophy was always one of my favorite subjects, but I realized that if I got a degree in philosophy, I would be able to do nothing with that degree, especially if I didn't get into law school. Um, so I went for biochemistry instead, but took some philosophy classes and that kind of logical way of thinking is my natural way of thinking. So the legal route, um, felt very natural to me i guess so to speak um i couldn't really decide between pharmacy and law at one point and then i just kind of clicked that i would be able to do both um just as long as i was able to keep up with my grades but the promise that i made to myself was that i wouldn't let it stop me from doing things on the side doing businesses and pursuing those things because i knew i would never free myself if in the time of my life where i don't have a family i don't have kids I didn't put the time and effort into growing something that I could call my own. Um, so that was one of the promises I made to myself entering graduate school.
1: That's phenomenal, man. And I think, uh, if you have a passion for law, pharmacy was a huge choice. Um, and this may have changed, but when I was in pharmacy school, I had law that would have been 2011. First Uh, first day, my law professor said, this is the most important class you have (laughs) because pharmacy is the most regulated profession in the world. And literally like there's some crazy laws, like you can't have a television within view of the pharmacy. Like there's all kind of intricate stuff. Yeah. It's like, I, like my texts will do things and I'll just like randomly cite these like knowledge nuggets of law and they'll be like, what? And I'm like, yep, look it up. It's real. And the next day be like, you're right. I'm like, I know <laughs> I passed. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's fascinating that you want to dive deeper into that because there's so many changes, pharmacies evolving, not even annually or monthly or weekly, but like daily. And looking at another thing that's evolving so rapidly is social media. So the fact that you're able to kind of have a common through line with not just your career, but your passion project and intertwine that not only to fuel your promise to yourself and your dreams, but to help other people get there along the way. Um, That's what I call the win-win-win framework. And that's what I'm all about. I don't do any business deal unless it makes that check where you win, the people that you're helping or your clients win, and the people that both of you are serving win. So that's what it's all about in my mind. So that that makes me smile. Seriously. Yeah. That you're able to do that and put in that work and stay consistent with that, man.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been a fun ride. And I always tell people that school's my side hustle and my businesses are my main hustle.
1: <laughs> man, that's a true hustler right there. <laughs> C's get degrees, but you know, we don't want to settle or anything. Exactly. Yeah, man. So, tell us a little bit about your digital marketing and social media. So, when did you start to see that social media was picking up, and uh, what was your path like? Like, how did you get started, and then what did that look like for your own social media? But then, when did you realize that this could be a business that I could help other
0: people with? Definitely, yeah. And so, I'll start it with e-commerce because that's kind of where it stems from. And so, when I was an undergraduate, um, I was trying to find other ways to make money and wanted to start my own business and. So what I ended up doing was I was drop shipping products on Amazon and sourcing them from other places on the website, such as eBay or on the web, such as uh, eBay. So I'd find a product on eBay that was selling for cheaper than what it was selling on Amazon. Then I would go and list that product on Amazon. But then when somebody bought it from me on Amazon, I would go back to eBay, put in their shipping address, and then that eBay seller would ship it out to my Amazon customer. And so I would just see the profits in the middle. Um, and then I would see the product if it ever got returned. But that was kind of my uh, entrance into like, my first company. Um, and I did that for a while. Amazon is really strict. And that's, a why, that's why products sell for more on Amazon is because they're all about the customer experience, right? And the customer is always right. So they're really hard on their sellers. So I wanted to... And they take a big profit margin. They take like 15% of what you make. So I wanted to look for other ways to sell products online. Uh, Shopify was one way, but I knew that that's kind of more building your own brand. But then I looked at Instagram. And so about two and a half, three years ago was the first talks of something called shopping on Instagram, um, which was really interesting to me. And that's something that I wanted to be on the forefront of. And that's been moving on Instagram very slowly in the background, a lot slower than I expected to. But here's a prediction that I'll make is I expect Instagram... And there's already been articles calling Instagram the next shopping mall. And Instagram is going to be an e-commerce platform. I think like last week, they added a new feature where you can have your own shopping cart. Yep. So they're slowly trickling in those things. But back to getting started. So I was trying to... If you're going to sell anything, right, you need to grab attention to do so. So that's where I started. I tried to grab attention on Instagram. I started to get really good at grabbing that attention. Um, And I had a business partner that was creating content. And he didn't really know where he was going to be going with that. It was just kind of the concept of what he was doing was teaching stuff to people, uh, college, college graduates, that college doesn't teach you. It's like banking finances, all that stuff. So I was helping him push his content as well. And then we kind of just got together one day and we we're like, we could sell this. Um, so we started selling that as a service, selling essentially attention is what we were first selling. And that attention was being gained through Instagram. So we signed a couple of modeling agencies early on because we figured that we would go for, what we thought to be the most ego-driven industry. (laughs) So that was trying to find our customers and go into where we thought they existed. Um, But then that evolved into being able to help a lot of personal coaches. um, And that's kind of the primary segment that we work with, as well as real estate, interior design, but really built around that concept of if you're able to grab somebody's attention, what you do with that attention is up to you. And you can do so much with it, whether it's teaching coaching, or selling a million dollar house, we have a real estate agent that sells homes through the direct messages on Instagram. It's insane. <laughs> wow,
1: that's fantastic, man! That that evolution, and I think in in what I've seen in my um, time as a uh, social media guy, I guess you could call it, um, being able to pivot and change with the times, or seeing where things are going and getting there before they hit. That's how you're going to make it in the long term. Um, I see so many people that, um, and and big names too, these aren't beginners, but they, you know, build a huge brand and the, there's clear signs writing on the wall that it's going this way. It's even started. And they're like, no, 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 I've done this forever. So I'm going to keep doing it because I've done it this way forever. Right. And then not even a year later, no one even knows them no more because they're not up with the times. Exactly. So being able to not only, so now it's, if you don't change, you're done, but if you change too late, you're still done. Right. So being able to really master that material, I feel that uh, a, a sign of mastery is being able to predict what's going to happen next, get there, uh, stake a claim that you're here and you start going so that before the ch- next change even happened, you're already thinking how to pivot so that when the tides start to shift, you can run there, not, not consider and think about but take action and hit the ground. Um, And I think there's so much value in what you do because so many people are scared of that. They don't understand it. And they just, well, they think like, well, if I do something and it's wrong, then I'll be wasting my time. But what's working now works. Um, Just a real quick aside, like looking at Instagram and like you said, ego driven. So the model industry. So when Instagram was pretty much anyone could get views and there was no algorithm and it was just like a free for all. The early days, Things that grabbed your attention were like sex pictures or body pictures or booty pictures, and that hits. And looking at big companies that are paying people to be influencers, they don't, they're, they're, they still, this has been like common knowledge for a couple of years, but the big corporations still don't understand that it's not about likes and followers, it's about engagement and quality connection. Right. So, talking about predictions. Um, this is already starting to happen. But those big accounts that have, you know, 300,000 million people following them, but you know, it's a girl, but all the people that follow them are just like pervert guys or whatever. No. So brands are paying them tons of money just to like wear a shirt that has their emblem and like, there's like 20 K, right. but they're not getting the return. And eventually the big corporations are starting to learn and shift at a much slower rate than the little guys can. Cause we can pivot quick. We don't have yeah. the red tape and the corporate crap. So in two years, those people are going to be out of business unless they evolve. It's adapt or die, 100. especially in social media. So being able to see where that is and seeing that personal branding. And just like you said, getting attention is important and you have to be able to do it. But that's just step one. What you do with that is totally up to you. Is it going to be ego driven where it's like, oh, follow me, blah, blah, blah. And then like you get an ego boost or is it okay? You have my, I have your attention. Now I'm going to deliver the value, and that's the key. Are you actually in it for the right reasons? Are you trying to build a connection? Are you trying to serve? Are you trying to deliver? Or is it fully ego-driven? And that distinction is what's going to determine success, in my opinion, in the next couple years.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that is an awesome segue, just in going along with the predictions. Um, That is kind of why my infatuation with LinkedIn exists right now, because... 2020 to 2022 is going to be the age of LinkedIn. Instagram is still going to be huge; it's not dying by any means, but it's definitely pivoting as a platform, and it is a more mature platform, right? LinkedIn is kind of at that stage that Facebook was at when they were first starting to gain traction, and they've really figured it out. Yeah, um, and the organic reach that you're able to achieve on LinkedIn is pretty crazy right now, and the, the significance of organic reach is that they're not making you pay for it yet. So if you put out a piece of content, more people see it in five years, that's not going to be the way that it's going to be. And you're going to see people complaining that it's not how it was in 2020 because they're not getting the same amount of views for free. And they're having to dump hundreds of dollars to be at the same spot because there's more competition. Exactly. And that's so true, man. And
1: that's probably my biggest regret... Well, everyone's biggest regret on social is not starting earlier. So if you yeah. guys listening to this or watching this, feel like it's too late. Well, if you do it now, a year from now, you won't be saying I wish I did because you can't go back, but you can start now. Um, but that was, I, i I wasn't even on LinkedIn like two years ago. Yeah. So I missed the boat, but I, you know, started getting into that more. And I totally agree with what you're saying, especially you guys listening, your pharmacist or pharmacy students. So we have that like essence of professionalism. And a lot of times, what, if you don't have a side hustle or if you do, regardless, um, you're using social media to build your personal brand to share your platform and connect with professionals. And LinkedIn, in my opinion, is way much more um, effective than Facebook, especially with exactly what you said, organic reach. Facebook, it's basically like you don't get no eyeballs unless you pay. Like pay to play on Facebook now. Plus there's so much like restriction. It's crazy. I remember uh, like a year ago, I was uploading a video. And before it even finished uploading, Facebook blocked it and said, you have copyrighted music. And I'm like, it's not even done yet. (laughs) Like I did not even realize like it's so it, it's crazy that out and anyway, um I fully agree with that LinkedIn being huge, um one of my biggest uh, regrets is not getting on there earlier, so if you're listening to this it's not too late it's too late if you don't do it today that's that's the reality
0: exactly, yeah, today is always the best day to start, and exactly. I mean it's super awkward putting out content at first because I mean people always talk about imposter syndrome i don't know if I experienced that as much, but it's just a lot of times you don't know what to talk about and A lot of times when you're in your own head, you don't really realize the value that you're able to bring. You know, everybody's able to bring something unique to the table, exactly. whether it's clinical knowledge, um, or just the unique path that they took. It's interesting.
1: So I love what you said there and talking about segues. I think this is perfect, um, for people listening who might've thought like, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, a year or two ago that social was going to be big. And now I see that it's not going anywhere. It's just going to be more. Uh, Of just culture and business and pretty much everything, how we talk—we talk more on social media than real life now, or even on a phone call. Like it's—it's the truth. Like now, even more DMing than texting. Like it's insane, but that's reality. So if people are listening to this and they haven't started yet because they feel overwhelmed or like not sure what to do or what's going to be most effective, or they started recently and they're not getting that ROI on uh, their time or the content that they're making. Um, What advice or steps can you give to someone that's just starting out or someone that's started fairly recently, but they're not seeing the progress that they expect to see?
0: Yeah, yeah. So the number one thing is always going to come down to the content that you're putting out. And it needs to be niche-based enough, but also value-driven. So I think I use the example all the time. Like if you post a picture of your latte in front of Starbucks, nobody cares about that. That's been done a million times at this point on Instagram. You know, there's nothing fresh or new there. So not only do you have to be trying to innovate on the content end, what needs to be there from the actual nitty gritty, you need to be providing some sort of value that somebody else wants, right? Um, so we'll use me as an example. The thing that I'm trying to preach a lot of is talking about side hustles, and we can talk more about that in a little bit, but. I'm kind of niching myself into that side hustle based area. So then when people come and listen to me, they know exactly what I'm going to be talking about. They're interested or they're not interested. And that's the way that you're able to captivate an audience, right? I see a lot of people just posting to post. I think there's something to be said about just getting something out there and getting started. But then once you kind of have a little bit of momentum rolling, you really want to think about what you're putting out there. And they always say content is king. So we talk about the two E's of content creation. That's entertainment and education. If you're not doing one of those things, you probably shouldn't be posting whatever it is, or you should just share it with your friends. Because if you actually want to build that personal brand, you need to entertain somebody or you need to teach them something. And preferably it's both. And those are the most successful people are the ones that are able to entertain as well as educate at the same time.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that 100%.
0: And collaboration. Sorry to cut you off. That's the, no, that's no, absolutely. Can, is if you're not seeing, if you already saying, if you say to yourself, you know, I'm already putting out educational content, I'm putting out valuable stuff, just nobody's seeing it. Now you're going to want to start collaborating with people. I think mistake too many people make is that the people they see as competitors, they think are competitors when really, you know, everybody can value from tapping into somebody else's community. They can value from tapping into yours just as much as you can value from tapping into theirs. So being able to make those connections and reach out to everybody and collaborate, just like we're doing right now, is the number one way to get that content in front of more eyeballs. And I mean, you might have to pay the first couple times that you do it if you're reaching out to huge people, but you can do it for free as well.
1: Absolutely, man. And that's a core of what, how I leverage my Instagram account is. I started seeing growth and a lot of people just coming as like a community for the fit pharmacist. So I thought well, I like alliteration and I like fitness and there's all these people that don't feel like they have a voice. So I'm just going to make Fit Pharmacist Friday. And I've been doing that over three years without missing one Friday, where whether you're a student or a pharmacist into fitness, whether that's physical or mental, or you're getting started or you know whatever that change is. Uh, in my opinion, fitness is all about making your life and progress a consistent priority, yeah. regardless of what medium that is for you. Cause that's, what's different. And that's what I think is entertaining and educational for people sharing that. Um, but yeah, having people every, you know, so if you guys are listening or watching to this and you're into fitness and you're into pharmacy and you're trying to get your message out and share your story, please send me a DM on Instagram at the fit pharmacist. That's what I try to do and leverage this platform to help share your story and, and really build this community. So absolutely collaboration is huge. I've used that tip myself when I was first starting out, uh, hundred percent and something that you said is really key. I love, um, simple phrases. I call them phrases that pay the phrase that pays. Okay. So you're talking a lot about having uh, niches because every, if everyone's trying to do everything, then you're going to get lost, right? Yeah. So being specific and providing value. So the piece of advice that, that I have to piggyback off what you're saying is there's riches in niches. So once you can provide value with what you are passionate and specific about, that's how you're going to build that brand and side hustle or business or whatever direction you want to take that. Um, and I agree with that 100%.
0: I like that a lot
1: you can take that just at me. Yeah. You <laughs> <away>. <laughs> awesome, man. So the other thing that you said is helping people with a side hustle. So yeah. for that, a lot of people feel like, you know, well, I don't know where to start. I don't know. I don't have a business degree. I don't know what to do. Um, what advice could you give for someone who has a passion project? Um, and they're looking to get started, I'll, I won't say their names, but I have two uh, social media friends of mine that I've been following for I think two or three years now, and they're pharmacists, and they are really into cooking, and they've been you know trying to pull the trigger on this uh, business for making a cookbook. They do phenomenal recipes. I love them as people. I haven't met them in person yet, but I can just I get the vibe that they're genuine. You know what I mean? Um, but they're they're just holding it back on pulling that trigger for you know launching a product to sell or something like that. So if, if you, if you're listening to this or watching this and you feel like you're in that situation, what advice can you give based on yourself and clients that you've helped for how to take that first step of faith? to like put it out the world that like, I'm my doors, my doors are open and I'm in business.
0: Definitely. I mean, and so I think anybody that has an idea or a niche that they're in is already at a step above majority of people because the majority of people that reach out to me don't even know how to get started they don't even know how to start thinking about what they want to make be their passion project you know so we'll start with the people that kind of have something you know what I would say to those types of people is I think one figuring out what your goal is is your goal to make money or is your goal just to get something out there and do a thing and have fun with it? Um, if your goal is to make money, I think it's streamlining that process to making your first dollar because that's going to give you the momentum that you need to really keep pushing forward. And so what that might mean is we'll use the cookbook, for example, I think, and maybe I'm wrong as a reason why they're not pulling the trigger, but I think what a lot of people have myself included is that, um, I mean, we're pharmacists and we're perfectionists, you know, uh, you don't, the
1: type A syndrome. Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to put something out there that, isn't going to be perfect, or or you could regret doing and not, or know that if you put a little bit more time into it, it could have been a little bit more perfect. Um, so I think the perfect thing to do there is to kind of make like a beta product, you know, instead of trying to make like the perfect cookbook with the perfect cover, you know, just throwing together a PDF with the recipes and tossing it out there and kind of seeing the response that you're able to get from it. Um, and if you're if you're wanting to charge something, just literally say to people, hey, this is a first draft. I'm just trying to get something out there. I'm trying to provide the value. The value is all there. It might be a little rough around the edges, but that's why I'm going to give it to you for 20 bucks instead of 50 bucks. Um, and build the momentum that way. And then, you know, if you see enough response to that, then go ahead and make it be this beautiful thing that, you know, you could charge 50 for and do that. I love that. And I think so touching on the people that don't know what they want to do. Um, that's a little bit harder, but I think everybody has some sort, again, going back to what their goal is, you know, is their goal to make money or is their goal to have fun with this passion project? If you're lucky enough, you're able to do both. But sometimes if your goal is to make money, you might have to just roll with something that you're kind of interested in, try to make that first dollar and then pivot once you need to. One really interesting side hustle that if I had to do it all over again, that I'd start today. And I've heard a lot of people in uh, healthcare have a lot of success with, Because they're able to speak the jargon, um, is selling like Facebook marketing and Facebook advertisements. So the business model is to be selling to like chiropractors, plastic surgeons, dentists, people that have brick and mortar stores or e commerce products, but selling advertisements to them, but then outsourcing the actual like consulting work to somebody that's an expert in Facebook ads. So you never need to learn it. You're just acting as the liaison between the dentist who knows the jargon teaching you the jargon or you know the jargon as well because you're in healthcare and then being able to convey that to um, the person you'd be hiring on a consultant basis to actually run the ads. And then maybe you charge 2,500 as that retainer fee. You toss 1500 or a thousand dollars to your person running the Facebook ads and then you profit the in-between.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. I saw that um, about three years ago. Um, Ty Lopez actually has a social media marketing agency course, SMMA. Yeah. I don't know if you've done it or heard of it.
0: I'm friends with one of the top, uh, students of there.
1: Yeah. It's a legit course. Like awesome people there. I've heard Ty speak twice live, um, yeah. love him or hate him. He knows what he's doing, Yeah, definitely. right? It's effective. That's why he does these things that are questionable because they get your eyeballs, they get your attention. But anyway, people started talking about this and, uh, Oh, what's his name? Jordan he was, uh, in the class and then became a teacher in the class. Um, but that was his niche was healthcare advertising. I'm like, this is so brilliant uh, because people are so like clueless and like mainstream or like, even if you're in healthcare, like if you're listening to this and you tried to get a social media, like agent or marketer, they have no clue what you're talking about with patients and pharmacy school. Like they have zero clue. So if you have the wherewithal and like, you know, you speak the jargon, you know, like the ins and outs, you can relate to people that own businesses. Like you said, chiropractors, dental offices, and you can speak that and bridge that gap to tell marketers like, okay, here's what you're thinking, but you need to just tweak it to fit this way. Right. Money changer. Like, so you'll dominate the market and that's a niche. Yeah. And it's exactly like we were talking about riches and niches. If you're the only one doing it, guess who they're going to come to when they need that.
0: Exactly, and it's a super value-based service. You know, you're you're literally spending money. You're spending a dollar to make somebody two dollars, and you're saving them that in-between money because you're able to help convey to the expert that's going to run the ads. You know how to run those exactly. And then I think I think I'll segue into why I think pharmacists are the perfect people to have side hustles, and why like I, I expected I didn't expect so many people to be interested in the business that businesses that I do. You know, but I think a lot of it stems from you know, you go to school, you have all this ambition, and then you get out out of school. You work a 9-to-5, but I think there's always a part of you that wants to do something else, you know, just to always keep your mind turning. I think that's the only way to be able to be in school for so long is to like learning new things, you know. So if you're not learning every single day, you're kind of going to get burnt out. And so um, I was talking to somebody and he had... Uh, kind of the hypothesis that burnout stems a lot from that, from feeling, not only feeling stuck and not having a way out, but also not being able to flex those creative muscles, not being able to flex those learning muscles. So I think it all goes hand in hand with kind of combating burnout as well as combating oversaturation. So it's a win-win on both aspects.
1: So this is interesting and a bit meta. So I actually did a podcast interview right before this with uh, Dr. Melanie Greenberg, who is the author of the stress proof brain, which is like a national bestseller. It's and Barnes and Noble, this and that. Um, but it talks about how to not only snap us out of stress, but prevent stress in the first place. Um, if you're watching or listening to this, you know, that burnout is all the buzz now. So bur- like re- reverse engineering burnout comes from unmanaged stress that goes you know, unchecked for a long period of time. How do you manage stress? You do something that you enjoy and you love. A non-pharmacy activity. I did a podcast on this uh, with uh, Andrew, uh, Fitness RXZ, who's a professional race car driver. Wow. And if you, oh, dude, that's a sweet episode. So-
0: I need to check it out.
1: Shameless plug, I'll link it in, in, the, no, in the show notes. It's, it's legit. Uh, we did a podcast uh, in New Jersey, actually, so that was legit. Um, but anyway, looking at what you just said, at burnout and stress and having a side hustle or passion project, the way to manage stress is to do something that you like that will literally fill you up, that you enjoy, whether that's, you know, maybe it is modeling and that in fueling your ego or whatever. Uh, I mean, I used to do fitness modeling back in the day, but that was just so that I had, you know, a, uh, an end date to you know shoot for. So then that yeah. transition into bodybuilding competitions just to have a goal, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you don't have something like that, you're going to feel like stir crazy and unfulfilled because you're not doing something that you genuinely love. Not to say that you have to do pharmacy all the time. And if you don't, you're a terrible pharmacist, but you need to have something away from your job that fills you and fulfills you so that you can kind of relax and transition. to that progress enjoyment thing, if you don't have that, you will not be able to manage stress. And if that happens, that leads to burnout. So exactly what you said, uh, is what we just talked about on the last podcast. So 100% agree with that. And there's a value and you don't have to be like a business empire. And like you, like you said, you don't have to be in it for the money. Maybe it's just content. There's nothing wrong with making money off of giving value and helping other people. It's your time. It's your expertise. You should be compensated for that. So I think that's huge. It doesn't have to be money driven, but if you really go into this and make this a side hustle, You're not only going to grow personally and professionally, but you're going to help others do it in the same time. That is exactly why you're doing what you're doing with your business, which segues perfectly to my next question. (laughs) There's so many segues here. (laughs) (laughs) So the next thing is, let's say that someone listening to this, is like, yeah, yeah, I should do that. Or I should get started. Or, you know, I I tried something, it didn't work out and I want to get, get it up again. This, this podcast has me fired up. I want to, I want to get back into this. How can people work with you? Can you share a little bit about your business model and how people can reach you so that they can get started on amping their side hustle up?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think the best place to reach me right now is LinkedIn. Um, I'm always connecting with people and making not only small talk, but making business deals. Uh, (laughs) That's a lot of fun to do. Um, And I'm going to be very active on LinkedIn for at least the next two years and take full advantage of the organic reach that's able to be pushed there. I'm probably going to be having a course teaching drop shipping coming out and I'm probably going to charge super cheap if I charge anything just to kind of get it in many people's hands. Cause I've had so many people ask me how to start drop shipping businesses and everything. And I've taught a lot of people, but I want to just kind of get something that's evergreen. So every time I get that question, I can just show somebody how to do it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think reaching out to me on LinkedIn is the best way. And at the very least, I think starting the conversation. And if you don't really know what you could do, I think that's something that I'm really good at being able to help people figure out is not only um, how to take that first step, but what direction to take that first step in.
1: Absolutely, man. Um, That's huge. So you just talk through LinkedIn or do you do consult calls or what's that look like for someone that's interested to connect with
0: you? Yeah. So I'd be open to doing consult calls. I haven't been doing that outside of the digital marketing business. So the digital marketing business, that's a very niche specific thing. So if you're interested in building your personal brand, um, specifically through Instagram or LinkedIn, that is obviously a service that I provide and provided to a lot of people. So if that is of interest to you as well, that's something that we could definitely hop on a phone call with um, and talk about how we can elevate your personal brand through the 2 most powerful channels on social media today. Love it,
1: man. So speaking of social media, where can people connect with you? Where are you most active? So you said LinkedIn, um, but where are your other social media handles? And do you have a website that people can
0: connect with you at? Definitely. Yeah. So the other social media handle is Kazo on Instagram. So that's C-O-Z as in zebra, Z-O. And then Uptown Creation is the other Instagram handle where I kind of put out more Instagram-based content on that one um, and personal branding stuff. And then our website, I think you're going to have to put a link in the show notes because it's a little bit longer. That's all right. Uh, Just because it's a funnel. And so I guess I'll talk just really quick about ClickFunnels. Anybody that's interested in a side hustle, regardless of what that is, you should look into ClickFunnels and just kind of um, the functionality that that can provide. And you'll probably learn something as well.
1: So side story on that, that the creator Russell is the best salesman I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, last year, so 2018, I was at uh, Grant Cardone's 10X Growth Conference in uh, nice. Vegas. And there were 22 speakers who gave you know, an hour talk about what they do with sales. Well, Russell's was so convincing, talking about click funnels. In one hour, he sold $3.5 million worth of product. And the next day, Grant got on stage and he's like, I've never seen anything like this in my life. That's wild. And Grant is Mr. Salesman. I'll never forget it. was like, I'll never forget that ever. Insane. So yes, they are effective. I saw it with my own eyes.
0: Yeah. And he started, he came from a background of network marketing. And so I know that like Roden and Fields and all type of different multi-level marketing and network marketing is a big way that a lot of pharmacists enter into side hustles because there's an organic way to do that. Russell's the type of guy literally that would enter competitions for affiliate marketing and stuff and win Ferraris just to say that he did it, you know? Yeah. That's phenomenal.
1: Well, guys, I'm going to have links to all the places to connect with Chris down in the show notes, including his website and ClickFunnels, of course, <laughs> so that you guys can connect with him. But yeah, man, uh, I really appreciate your time and want to acknowledge you for helping to ignite people's passion so that they get fueled and excited about not just pharmacy, but life overall, because I feel that once you have that side hustle, that passion project, whatever that is, that passion and energy will translate into pharmacy and really ultimately make you a better and fulfilled feeling pharmacist, not only combating uh, burnout, but empowering you to dispense your full potential. And as you can see, that's what I'm all about.
0: Yeah. It's a snowball effect. That's for sure.
1: Absolutely, man. So guys, thank you so much for listening. If you found this uh, podcast episode helpful, please share this. The audio version is on all podcast platforms. It's on iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, anywhere that podcasts are found. Wherever you're listening from, please share this with at least one person or put it in your social media. Put it in your Instagram stories and tag me at the TheFitPharmacist so that I know you're listening and I can reshare that. So, in this episode, we talked about collaboration. Here's an excellent opportunity. If you listen to this episode and put it in your Instagram stories and tag me, I will reshare it. That's 35,000 people that will see your post in my stories. I'm not charging anything for this. I literally want to practice what we preach. And it's, like I said, a win win win. You're going to benefit because you get followers. I'm going to benefit because you're promoting the podcast. But whoever clicks it and listens will benefit from this valuable content that Chris shared today with you all. And and that's what it's all about. So I'm all about taking the concepts and putting it into practice immediately, making an action plan. So there's an example right there for you guys. Um, The video portion. This video will be on YouTube. Please share that. And again, tag me so that I know that you're listening and sharing. This podcast, the Fit Pharmacist community, is all about helping each one of us to dispense our full potential. Because it's my belief that if we feel that way and can do that, the people that are going to benefit most are the people that we serve. And that is what we are here to do. So guys, Dr. Adam Martin from the Fit Pharmacist podcast, signing off with Mr. Chris, Doctor, student Dr. Chris. Uh, so guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it, tag me, go forth, be great and dispense your full potential. Thank you so much for listening through to the end of that episode. I hope you're going to share this all across social media. Let people know that you're subscribed to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Let me know. Post it. Tell me how it's impacted your pharmacy career and life. I would love to see your thoughts. I can't wait for this amazing and passionate community we're creating of leaders in healthcare. You're now a part of the movement, a part of the family. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to share the next episode with you.